this week on the Roommates Podcast. There's a lot of BS out there. And, and it's all built around this idea that you shouldn't have a job. You shouldn't have a career. You're too good for that. Only suckers have a nine to five. That is BS. Yeah. Mm. The most successful people I know started off with regular jobs, learned how to be professional, wow. work with other high performers. Then they got a great idea. They found other high integrity, high quality people to execute that idea with. And then they went and did that. Mm. They weren't trying to be, look at me on Instagram. They weren't trying to get other people's approval. They were trying to solve a problem. And that's the missing piece. Yo, what's good, world? It's your boy, Hafiz. Chris, the star of the show, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And welcome, 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 welcome to the Roommates Podcast. Yo, shout out everybody from all around the world, man. Yes, yes. Yo, people are now putting in the comments where they're from. That's just so dope. I know. I see Toronto keep popping up. Toronto, yeah. I'm telling you. And London. And London, yo, shout out man, everybody shout in out. London. Uh, it's all, I had back in the Bago. I had France. Shout out my France. people from France. I got some... What's this? Is it Black Panther Fist? Shout out my people in France. <laughs> okay, shout out everybody in France. I got some, you know what I mean? Okay, Belos from France? Well, today they is. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we are a late night conversation taking you behind the scenes of becoming, featuring all the interesting people, perspectives, and conversations you've experienced on the way. Also. Also known as the best hour of your week where you are. In the tang like a stand up. Educate like a TED Talk. And you ready for this? And uh, it's like a sermon, baby. Yeah, yeah, boom, boom. yeah. Boom, 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 boom. And guys, here we go. This week, we came all the way to the West Coast. First time at the West Coast. First time in the West Coast. Yeah. Women weed and weather. <laughs> <laughs> he agrees. He agrees. I didn't and, smoke, mom. Don't think it did. Don't think. My mom yeah, was like, yeah, do not smoke out there. I didn't do any of that. No drugs. We say no to drugs. Yeah. We came out here. Yes. Really excited about the brand new roommate we're about to bring onto the show. Podcast legend. It's like the Michael Jordan of podcast? Should I, should I say that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> if Michael Jordan was a short white guy, that would be me. Welcome to the show, the one and only Jordan Harbinger. What up, Jordan? Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. It's really fun. I'm looking forward to You guys have a ton of energy. I start my show like, Hey everyone. I'm like <laughs> I'm way more NPR than roommates, like on the mm. roommate NPR scale. Mm. <laughs> I have to turn it up a couple notches. Just a little bit. Just, yeah. <laughs> nah, it's all good. It's all good. Everybody likes a good NPR here and there. Yeah. No. Not everybody. <laughs> I mean, maybe not everybody. Yeah. I'm falling asleep right now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, Jordan, we know who you are. We love what you do. We love your work. So, for our listeners who don't know who you are, can you give a brief elevator pitch synopsis who you are, what you're doing, all that jazz? Sure. So, I run the Jordan Harbinger Show. I've been doing podcasts and talk show hosts essentially for, let's see, about 12 years. Mm. 12 years next month. Wow. So, Congratulations. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Pod day. Pod birthday. Pod God, day. That's not going to work. That, that pod birthday. Wordplay is not going to happen for me, I don't think. But <laughs> I've been interviewing people from Shaquille O'Neal to General McChrystal to Molly Bloom mm. to Russell Brand. I mean, I've interviewed mm. people who have made and created amazing things, people who have insane stories like they escaped from North Korea or got arrested for drug smuggling. Mm. But I also have people who have fought and led us in wars or mm. have just been made great media careers. And But the point of the show, the point of the Jordan Harbinger show is every episode, every guest teaches something to the audience. So it's sure. not just like 
You know, there's a lot of BS out there that's like inspiring. I just want to be inspired. That doesn't do anything for you. Like yeah. that's cheap. You know, you get a, you want to get motivated. Cool. I'm self motivated. Yeah. You know, that's why I got a business. So, <laughs> yeah, there we go. you know, I don't need to get motivation from Instagram influencers or whatever. And neither do you. So, my audience tends to be really educated and smart gotcha. because they don't want to waste their time on somebody who's just going to blow sunshine up their butt. Mm -hmm. They want somebody who's going to be like, here's what I did and here's how you can do, here's a skill you can learn. So, every episode of the Jordan Harbinger show also has worksheets. Oh, yeah. So, like, homework. Yeah, homework. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do it. I'm not going to check it, <laughs> which is which is the best kind of homework, right? Optional. Yeah, yeah. But like the point is, if you try to make a worksheet for most podcasts, you can't do it because all that's there is, whoa, that's so cool, bro. That's mm, it. Yeah, for yeah. every show ends with that, right? Yeah. What we're doing on the Jordan Harbinger show is different. Like mm. you'll leave and you'll go, I have tools to do this and yeah. this and this. So yeah. every single show, which makes it a lot harder, you yeah. know? And, and my, my competitive advantage is not only 12 years of experience, but I do, I outwork everybody when I prepare for the show. So, mm. if, you know, Robert Greene, I recently interviewed about his book, The Laws of Human Nature. Mm. I read the whole thing beforehand. It was 29 hours on Audible. Yeah, wow. that sounds, uh, it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages long. Yeah. And I read that in preparation for the interview. So I like to think that what we do on the show is leagues better because we put in the work. Mm. Yeah. It's not just because we got some super talented team or whatever. So. Yeah. That's what I do. I spend my time doing that. And outside of the show, I train military, intelligence agencies, special forces, uh, entrepreneurs, businesses, and things like that. Verbal and nonverbal communication, networking and relationship development skills. So I have a training company that does that as well. Yeah. Oh, wait, so what you so you saw us. <laughs> what did you think? When I saw you guys, I, I just figured, all right, these guys are first of all, y'all were like forty five plus minutes early. So I was like, that's a good sign. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> and then, and then you came in and set everything up, and I was like, "Oh, lights!" You yeah. know, it's funny because like that might not even do anything. That big light right there. Yeah. I mean, it it is because I can see the cameras, yeah. but there's something about having a light where you're like, "Oh, this shit's serious." Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know, like, yeah, we put time in, and I'm like, maybe I should get more lights. <laughs> you know, I got two lights. Maybe I need like five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my wife, who carries the lights, is going to be like, "Nope, you're not getting more lights." <laughs> but it's it's there's something about doing it with the mic arms and the setup yeah. and the fact that you guys are fully mobile, which is, it's legit. Most yeah. of the time you can imagine I get interviewed by people and they're like, talk closer to my iPhone. Yeah. And wow. like, hey yeah, man, yeah, I gotta yeah. get out of here. I know. <laughs> that, that's so fun that you mentioned that mm -hmm. because um, first a little bit of a background about how we got introduced to you. First mm -hmm. we introduced to you through Brilliant Idiots. Yep. Oh, right on. Yeah, Charlamagne yeah, yeah. the God. Charlamagne yeah, my buddy. Andrew. Shout out Charlamagne and Andrew. We got yep. introduced to you through there. So one of the biggest things um, that I like to see is I like to see just how engage a person is with their audience, mm -hmm. right? Because in my opinion, that's one of the telltale signs of just really how committed you are to servicing the people sure. or how committed you are to being successful. Yep. Exactly. Because what we know, a lot of people that do our work are just committed to their success and not mm -hmm. to the people. Yep. Interesting. That's good. Yeah. I, you know, I, I a lot of people go, why are you on Twitter? Why are you on Instagram answering the stuff in my inbox yeah. and the re and I answer my email too. Yeah. People are always like, Hey, Jordan's assistant. And I'm like, Nope, it's me yeah, yeah, yeah. because that's the one thing you shouldn't outsource. Like I see a lot of these other online influencers and they're like, Whoa, I've got people for that. And I'm like, I don't want a 20 year old kid answering yeah. my Instagram messages. Yeah, yeah. Somebody who's been listening to me for five years who finally reaches out one time. I don't, they don't want to hear from a 19 year old intern. Yeah, they want to hear from me or they'd rather not hear it at all. So exactly. the fact that there's somebody out there pretending to be this influencer online <laughs> and sending emoji responses, <laughs> like yeah. the hand clasp yeah. for a, it's or like, flame. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how lazy are you? Man? Exactly. You know, I get it. You're supposed to outsource everything. 
there are, I know people that are massively, massively famous and influential. They still answer all their own stuff. Yeah. yeah. They just choose to do it because they like their fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's somehow these online influencer people, they just don't want to do any work. Exactly. And I'm not talking about like, obviously guys like Gary Vaynerchuk and stuff, they do the work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, I see lots of these other guys they're loving how little work they can actually do. And I'm just thinking, why are you doing this at all? Then? Exactly. What, exactly. Like, if you don't care about the people, you just want to look cool on your, your rented jet. <laughs> like, what's the point? You yeah. know, you're impressed a bunch of teenagers. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing about you that I literally, I saw you responding to every single person mm-hmm. that was reaching out to you. And like mm-hmm. I said, like, you were being really humble. Jordan has one of the best podcast in the country and we'll talk a little bit more, more about that but you created that twice twice yeah, you yeah that well. twice and so that's something that we'll get into as we as we go forth but just like you see people who literally have a tenth in regards to the the reach that you have or yeah. the attention that you have or the, the messages you that have, you have yeah. or the, or the comments that you have and they don't even respond to even a quarter of their messages yeah but you literally can say, I yo, I have the best podcast in the country yep. and I respond to every single person. And that really, that really inspires me because I think what's so important is like we're doing this to help people. Yep. You yeah. know? Yeah. The whole point of podcasting is it's an intimate medium where your audience gets to know you. Yeah. So if they get to know you and then you're like, oh, I'm too cool to answer my messages, then what, what's the point? Like, what's the point? Right? Yeah. Like people even like surprised that I answer my own DM. Like, I'm yeah. like, fam, like, I'm just, like, I'm just a guy. Like, yeah. I'm on my mom's couch. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. What's going on? Like, Whoa. Like, my mom's <laughs> My dad's RV. That's why I'm here. I mean, my dad's Fair RV. Fair enough. <laughs> to be fair, hurricane destroyed your house. Yeah, we go. Yeah. So it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Wait, wait, but yeah, so and then then we reached out to you via email, and then you you responded, and then you then said, I think you were going on a tour at that time, yeah. redoing the for the your Jordan Harbinger show, mm-hmm. and then you told me to reach back out to you in the fall, and I was like, never gonna hear from those guys again. <laughs> yeah, wow. And then you came back, and I was like, damn. <laughs> so literally, yeah, you, can't, you cannot give us a name. You can't tell uh, me. Uh. You can't tell me anything. You yeah. tell me date, time, month, week, date, minute, second, whatever it's it is. With. We're going we're gonna to take so, advantage. That's why I'm here, though, because props to you guys for that, because I will tell you, I routinely, I would say every day someone's like, can you come on my show? And I'm like, let's circle back in six months. You know how many people have circled wow, back yeah. in six months? Like one out of 25. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I made sure I literally had you on my calendar and on my phone request, yeah. message Jordan at this time. And then it's funny because then after, I think I messaged you in September, mm. and then you told me I can do it in December. Mm. You know, and then it turned out that you were in San Jose. Yeah. yeah. But like, like you, like we said, I mean, you give us, you tell us yeah. anything, we're going to make it I happen. I think at yeah. some point, my wife, Jen, who's also my assistant, was Shout like, out. dude, you're not going to get rid of these guys. So just <laughs> say, just <laughs> do it while you're in LA. Because <laughs> they're just going to keep on chasing you. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. We're too focused. Yeah. It's right. too bad. Yeah. That's right. So, um, so yeah. So having you on, really excited about it. And one of the biggest things that I'm really excited about is showing showing the listeners that there's other really great quality people out there. You know, I think there's so much attention to, you can move it, so much attention to a lot of the the negative people who are really not caring about people yeah. and who are just simply just these charlatans who are just trying to make money. And that's not who you are no. at all. And I just, I'm just really excited about bringing you to our audience and really like sharing your story and chopping up with you because mm-hmm. I think there's a, a ton that can learn from you. I think if anyone is in doubt as to whether I'm in it for the money, just look at jordanharbinger.com and you'll be like, this website is so bad. There's no way, there's no way this guy's making any money. Like the thing is, I see a lot of people selling like how to make money in real estate or how to make money using social media, whatever. 
I don't do any of that stuff because mm-hmm. I've, trust me, I've been offered tons of product and internet marketers are always trying to get in bed with us, but it doesn't really excite me. And so I certainly would have made millions more dollars being kind of a, can I say dickhead to my audience? But I don't want to do that because people trust you. That's the whole point. And so the second you abuse that trust, you become unworthy of that trust. So mm-hmm. even with sponsors, you know, on the show, I have sponsors who sponsor the show. And I encourage you, if you get to this point, there'll be sponsors that are like, hey, this is some sort of like supplement and, you know, advertise for it, get it, try it, or just look at it and be like, this is not for us. Because I've had people offer me like, a hundred grand to sponsor something or to be, to run their ads on the show. Mm. But it's like gambling or something. I'm oh, just gotcha. like, nah, I'm yeah. like yeah. long-term, I'm just not going to do this. Mm-hmm. So I say no. And it stings. Cause I'm like, man, I could have used that money. Could have <laughs> bought like a nice car. Could have yeah. gone on serious vacations and yeah. stuff like that. Could have paid my whole team some bonuses. But my team and I are really, and I again, encourage everybody who's out there, who's running a business or doing anything do not sell out short term. Mm. Like you might, the money might look so good, but that stuff will always come back to haunt you. Mm. And I remember the, some of the first sponsors of the show, one of them was like this hair loss shampoo and I didn't want to do it. And they, the agency talked me into it. And I got so much feedback from listeners that was like, Hey dude, what is this garbage? And I was like, <laughs> I knew it. Y'all are paying attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you got to be really careful with your brand. And I noticed so many people are selling out and even the people that don't have sponsors, but are selling like get followers on Instagram. It's just bull. It's just yeah, BS. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. what's some of the red flags? Like, because like I, we're a growing podcast. And yeah. We don't want to sell out or get into the wrong deal, get the wrong sponsor. So what are some of the things? Is it just like patience? Um. Yeah. Well, you you know you, when you get on a network, they're gonna their job is to make money, so they're gonna yeah. try to get you to take sponsors. But like any sort of red flag to look at online influencers and find red flags is most of what they're doing promotional. If yes, that's that could be a problem. Doesn't have to be, you know, because mm-hmm. people do promote a lot online. But then, are they giving away some of their best stuff for free, or all of their best stuff for free? And if they're trying to hide stuff behind a paywall, like, oh, you know what? If you want the real secret, mm-hmm. you know, oh, sign yeah, up yeah, for yeah, my yeah. thing. Yeah. That's a little bit of a red flag. The other thing is, do they have integrity? And the way that you can tell is who are they surrounding themselves with? Because I know mm-hmm. some shows will have anybody on has been reality TV star, YouTuber, mm-hmm. some internet marketer. They don't care. You know, some guy selling real estate courses, make money online. Like if they're associated with those people, that is bad mm. because those people are snake oil salesmen and they're in bed with those people because they know that person's going to share their content with their audience of mm. dummies who's mm-hmm. bought into it. <laughs> yeah. And so you see people sell out for that. And you you can also tell because a lot of people online they don't have any substance. They're just talking about inspiration or they're talking about motivation and there's no practical, real takeaways. That stuff's cheap. Anybody who's always excited when they're talking all the time, you get, just got to watch out because they're trying to manipulate mm. you emotionally. Mm. And so I tend to not be around that. Like I'm not in that scene of internet marketers. I'm just not in it. You know, and it, has it cost me money? Yes. But long term, I can sleep at night and I can talk to my agent and he goes, okay, if we put you on this television show, are we going to get bit in the butt later on? Or if we give mm. you a television show, are there going to be people coming out of the woodwork? Like I tried to buy this thing from him and he disappeared after he got my money. Like you see that with these online guys, they can't stand up to scrutiny. They can't stand up to the spotlight, you know, and, and that's a red flag. So right. you just got to see who they surround themselves with. Is everybody teaching people how to get money online? If so, get the hell out of there. Mm. Mm. No, that's, 
That's good. That's good. So one of the things I really love about your story is that, you know, you were somebody who was working a nine to five job. You mm-hmm. know, you went to school. More like five to nine. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> five to nine. nine. You're a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely not nine to five. Yeah. Five to nine job in New York City. Yeah. You're out there grinding, you know, mm-hmm. and then eventually you then transitioned to building your own company, build, yeah. building your own different career. So a lot of people right now, that's what they that's what they want to do in life. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, I've been working this job. I don't really like as much. America. You know, I, yeah, I'm corporate America. Yeah. I went to school, have all these loans, but I want to build this dream life, you know? Mm-hmm. So what were some of those things that you felt like helped you in regards to building that the, the life that you wanted and building your business for the first time? Sure. So one of the things that I think was really interesting about what I did, and again, I might be biased because it is my own story, but I didn't start my company thinking I'm going to start an online company. Mm-hmm. I started my show in my friend's basement and then we got picked up by Sirius XM Satellite Radio, which sounds like a really big deal. But mm-hmm. honestly, it, and it was cool, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like then millions of people started to follow yeah, yeah, us. Yeah, like yeah. it wasn't as easy as that. You know, yeah. Sirius Satellite Radio has hundreds of or 100 plus channels. Like those people aren't necessarily going to follow you everywhere. I kept doing the podcast. I kept refining the product and I kept giving it away for free. And it became one of the most popular shows online all while I was still an attorney working in finance on Wall Street. And mm. so so the people go like, oh, how do you spot shysters? Look, man, I worked on Wall Street. I've seen some, yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen some shit, you know? <laughs> like, I know what financial instruments that are not going to work out well look yeah. like because I was sucked into all that as a yep. kid. That was my first legal job. And one of the reasons that I ended up with a company and a show out of that was because the economy turned down in about 2008. And I had just started in 2006. I just graduated from law school in 2006. Mm. So I was working and I had a front row seat to all of that. So I wouldn't have been like, I'm going to be an online podcast host. They they didn't even have advertising in podcasts back then. Mm. Oh wow! So I was just doing the legal thing until they said, hey, look, we don't have a whole lot of work coming in. You guys can either work on pro bono cases, which is like helping you know, homeless people or help like, like, it's it's like, it's like helping people or like working for charities and stuff like that where they don't have enough money to pay. And you're just like, look, I'll just do it because I have time. So I did a ton of that. And then once the economy really started to tank, they were like, look, y'all might need to get different jobs or something like that. We don't know. We're still going to pay you for a while. And then at that point, my show had started generating people that were interested in learning from us because I was like, hey, look, I'll teach you verbal and nonverbal communication, persuasion, influence, networking, all that stuff. And we had people writing in and they were like, I want to learn this from you. So I started doing phone coaching and I realized, man, I'm not making that Wall Street money, but I'm at home on a hammock. Mm-hmm. You on know? a hammock. Like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, you set up a I'm hammock. on a hammock. <laughs> I mean, it was in the house, but, you know. Was it just in the kitchen? Or something? It was like, yeah, it was a studio apartment. So it was kind of just in the corner. Of it. I was in Manhattan, but look. Yeah. I was at home no matter what. And I was like, you know, I'm making a few hundred bucks a day just training people on Skype Mm. and on the phone. And then people were like, hey, look, I want to come over and learn from you in person. And I was like, man, I got got a job. I can't be here for this. But I said, come on over. We'll figure something out. I'm free on the weekend. I don't have a lot of work. I can leave work early at like four. Because again, I don't have much going on. Just pro bono cases. This stuff Mm -hmm. is slow going. So this guy flew in from wherever he lived and I started training him body language, nonverbal communication, working with some other guys that I ha- had sort of hired as coaches. And we created this curriculum. And then we started talking about 
that guy's experience on the show. And then uh, just dozens and dozens of people were like, hey, I want to come and I didn't know I could come stay with you. I didn't know that was an option. (laughs) So that's how I started my training program. It wasn't, I'm going to start some training program and then try to sell it. It was my listeners wanted to come and learn from me in Mm. person. So they sort of demanded this. So this is demand driven business. Mm. This isn't me writing a sales letter or doing some videos or running ads on Instagram or any of that other BS that you see these influencer guys doing. This is people coming to us Mm. and, and coming to us and saying, I need this for my company or I need this for myself. So that was demand-driven. That's how we knew we were onto something because demand-driven business means you're solving a real problem. You're not convincing people that they have a problem and that you can solve it, mm. which is what a lot of these guys yeah. online are doing. They're convincing you, hey, you're not, oh, you work from, you have a nine to five, you're some kind of idiot. You mm. got to work from home. Look at my friends and I just farting around on the beach and <laughs> making YouTube videos. Farting around. Yes, yeah, so my, my dad talks like that. <laughs> that's crazy. But you know what I'm saying? Like th- that's, they're convincing you you have a problem or that you're missing out. So yeah. a lot of these online guys, their job is to trigger FOMO in the listener or the viewer. And I don't like to do that because I don't want people to be less happy so that they give me their money. I want people to be more happy so that they are interested in what we're doing. And if that generates business, then great. The problem is it's easier to convince people that they're missing something and that you can solve this problem they didn't know they had. That's how a lot of these online shysters are are really doing their business. And I don't want to do business like that. So I don't. Mm, and how long did all of this come about? Like like from graduating, being a lawyer, and then, you know, 2008, and now mm-hmm. building this multi-million dollar business. Like how long did that take? I was... I started the show, original show, which is now the Jordan Harbinger show. I started that in my friend's basement in 2006. Mm -hmm. I was still in law school. I graduated from law school in 2006 as well. Started working in 2007. Started on Sirius XM Satellite Radio 2007. Still did the podcast. 2008 came around. Economy crashes. End up getting away from the law firm around, I don't know, September. And I'm still doing satellite radio and I'm still doing the podcast. And then... We we had at that point already had clients starting to come in within six months of starting the show, but it mm-hmm. wasn't like million dollars. It was like, yeah. cool, we just made a ton of money that we can use to pay some of the rent because yeah. a ton of money yeah. back then was not a million dollars. It was yeah. a grand yeah, right, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is amazing. So then I started hiring some of my friends to help me out with it and then started working the business over the next three, four years, really started to make decent amount of money. I think within three years, we had made our first million dollar year mm. or damn close. Mm. Yeah, But it wasn't overnight, but it didn't take that long either, which was pretty amazing somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how we managed to do that. <laughs> 2020 hindsight. Yeah. Jeez. No, and what, what's super dope that I'm, I'm hearing in your story is that like you had a product that actually gave value to the people. Yeah. You know, it's like, you want to make a million dollars and solve a million dollar problem, you know, mm-hmm. but like you said, but you literally started this not trying to make money. And that's right. what I see for so many people. Like, it's like, I want to make money. Therefore I'm going to do A, B and C. Right. It's like, no, you don't want to do A, B and C. You just really want to make money. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that's a good way to do business. I, look, I get it. If you think I want to make money cause I'm going to start Uber, that's fine. But here's the thing. You got to solve a problem first. Mm-hmm. So speaking of red flags, if the problem that this business that you're looking at or this influencer online is solving is a problem you didn't know you had, they're full of crap. Mm. Mm. So, and if they're telling you that they can give you some kind of dream, if they're selling you a dream, they're probably full of crap. Mm. 
And I think there's a lot of guys out there that are like, live your dream life, live your best life, whatever. You know, you can work from home. Maybe you can, but they're not giving you much of a system to do that. You have to find a problem that you got to solve first. And if you can't, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with having a nine to five job and learning how to work with other people, getting skills, things like that. I don't know. I know it's, I know it's a 20 something thing where you don't want to have a boss. There are huge benefits to having a boss for the first few years of your career. That's true. You need it. You need to learn how somebody else works. You need to be around high performers. If I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't just be a lawyer. I probably wouldn't have gone to law school in general, but what I would do is I would be the assistant to a CEO or mid-level executive or higher level executive, because that's when you're going to see, you're going to be in the room literally yeah. with the highest of performers. and You're going to see how they work. And there's a marked difference between guys that I hire over at uh, the Jordan Harbinger show who have worked with high performers and those who haven't, those who haven't, those guys go home at 1 PM on a Friday cause they got band practice and they say, I'm going to come home I'll, or I'll see you Monday. And I look in their email inbox, they get 80 unread emails wow. and you know, you're <laughs> yeah. fired. Yeah, you're fired. No, yeah. No, yeah. Don't come back. Uh, don't, yeah. No, you're good. Don't come back. Yeah. You're, you're good. Uh, all your emails been ported over. But then I see, then I see like guys who have, they've thought ahead to the problem that we might have. And they say, Hey, look, you're coming in really late to JFK airport on Friday. So what I'm going to do is either rebook your flight so that you have a red eye so you can sleep on the plane. Or if that's not what you want, I'm going to rent an Airbnb that has a check-in where you don't have to meet the guy and you can just use a code to get in that way. You have a place to crash at 1am and you're not checking into a hotel and da 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 da. And I'm like, this person thought ahead at the problem yep. and they solved it. And the reason they know how to do that is because they worked with somebody who's got real stuff for them to solve. They're not mm -hmm. checking for commas and documents. They're not working with uh, seven different tiers of, uh, what do you call it? Like um, bureaucracy, mm -hmm. right? In a company, they're learning from high performers. So if I had to do it over again, and if people out there who are listening to this or watching this are like, how do I gain experience? The answer is you don't have to start your own business right now. You can work for somebody who's a high performer who has their own business and you'll learn a ton and you'll be able to mistake, make mistakes that don't cost you your business yeah. and don't cost you the money. The other myth that I want to pop here go ahead. Pop it, pop it, it. Is, <laughs> is like people are like, go all in, quit your job, do it, man. Dive burn, in. The burn the ships. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah burn the yeah. ships. You should not do that. That is actually <laughs> terrible advice. Mm. And I know people are like on YouTube and Instagram are like, go all in, quit your job. Oh, your parents are breathing down your neck. Doesn't matter. It's it not does, like that commercial. It does matter. <laughs> Look at yourself. You ain't got no job. You yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. like you, you should not burn the ships. What you should do. Look, if you need motivation to survive because you have eliminated all of the resources that were going to help you survive, you're not in it for the right reasons. Mm. If the reason you started a business and you're surviving is because you screwed yourself out of every other opportunity, that's not good. Mm. You should start a side hustle. Mm. You should expand it bit by bit safely. And you can do it quickly if you want to, but then just make sure that you've got your regular job so that you're not homeless. You're not yeah. living on your parents' couch. The reason is because you can't focus, not just, oh, you got to be safe. You can't focus if you're trying to figure out how to survive. How you I know, eat and right? Stuff like that. And yeah. I know that the wisdom these people are supposedly peddling is like, look, if you don't know where your next meal's coming from, you're going to be hungry. You don't just need to be hungry in mm. a business. That's what you get if you're a, a street hustler. Sure, be hungry. It'll make you go out there and do it. This is not that. You're mm. trying to figure out how to run a business. 
being hungry is part of the equation, but it is not the main part of the equation. Mm -hmm. The main part is finding a problem that people need solved and then finding an effective way to solve that problem. Gotcha. So don't burn the ships, start the business and expand it slowly, outsource everything that you can to other people. And then, and only then, if there's nothing else you can outsource, if there's nothing else you can get help with, then and only then quit your day job as long as you're the bottleneck. Mm. Because I'll tell you what, the most successful people that I know, none of them quit their day jobs and was like, I'm going all in. Mm -hmm. They all started a side hustle. In fact, my friend, Steve Chu, really successful online marketer. Like the Chu, like the show? Uh, no, he, uh, no, no. <laughs> more like C-H-O-U. Uh, it's more of a Chinese thing. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. Yeah, but what, but what, he, what he does though, what he did, he was a semiconductor engineer. So he made and designed microchips essentially. Oh, Jesus wow. Lord. And on the side, he started an online business selling bed linens and other things like that. And that business became successful. So since people were asking him how, to, how his online business was so successful, he made courses and groups designed to teach other people what he actually did. Mm. And this is a really interesting point. Not only is he a semiconductor engineer and he was running a successful linen business, he actually taught other people how to do it. There's a missing piece that most of these other online marketers don't have. They'll teach you how to make money online, but when you ask them how they made their money online, they're pretty quiet. Mm. Their answer is, oh, uh, you know, I have a lot of businesses. No, nah, that's BS. Yeah. What system are you teaching me? If your system is a system to make money online and you made your first dollar making money online by teaching other people how to make money online, yeah. that is a pyramid. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is a bunch of that's BS. A it's a red flag. Yeah. So Steve Chu, he didn't have that. He, he had the linen business. And he didn't even quit his day job as a semiconductor engineer. He kept that for a long time and ran these other two businesses. And then I think he just got sick of it and was like, man, I like doing this other stuff and we're making plenty of money. That's how you do this. Yeah. You don't burn the ships. You don't leap and the net will appear. These are not bumper stickers that you're supposed to be getting from some BS like self-help book circa mm -hmm. 1996. Like <laughs> yeah. you should have a real plan for how to run, build and scale your business. And any founder that you look at, any founder whose story you hear, they never just went all in, almost never. Mm. Even the founder of something like Southwest Airlines, that guy was a lawyer for a decade while he started an airline. Yeah. You know, if he had <laughs> yeah, enough time, yeah. if he had enough time to run an airline <laughs> and be a practicing lawyer, yeah, as well. you got enough time to go to freaking Chili's and serve jalapeno poppers <laughs> while you're doing your online business. There you, go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you didn't. Yeah. Because I know that's all I've been hearing. Just yeah. Burn the ships, go all in, you know, dag them, quit the job, do what you got to do, starve, eat shit, yeah. <laughs> you know, for forever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, and, and the thing is, that's sexy advice because it sounds like, oh, I'm committed, I'm getting yeah, fired yeah, I'm, up. I'm motivated. I'm motivated. Yeah. Yeah. And what a lot of those people are doing who are telling you that, they're like, oh, you're not successful? Oh, well, that's okay. Buy my course mm. on how to be successful. Oh, well, you need this because you don't have a job now. Like, there's no good reason that people need to quit and go all in. Mm. If you, again, if you need motivation because you literally are starving, you're not going to be able to succeed long-term. <laughs> mm. You're gonna quit as soon as you start making money, which I know people don't believe, or you're going to quit and your job and have a terrible, terrible time, and then you're gonna blame yourself. I'm not succeeding because da da da. You need to be self-motivated. Mm. You don't have to quit your job to be self-motivated. In fact, motivated people have no problem going to a job and then coming home and working. They're not too tired. Mm. They have time and bandwidth because they're self-motivated. Mm. And Gary Vaynerchuk, who y'all know, 
he's he fond, he's fond of saying, what are you doing between 7 p.m. and 2 a.m.? Yeah. Well, you're working on your side business. If mm. you're not working on your side business at that time, you don't need to quit your day job and work on it. Mm. You need to get motivated because you need to find a business that you actually like doing. Mm. When I was building my Jordan Harbinger show and my other business yeah. and my training company, I was still a practicing lawyer and I would come home at eight, nine o'clock from Wall Street and I would get to work. Mm. Because, and I didn't even take a salary mm. and I, because I didn't need to. I was a freaking lawyer, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I was motivated to work on the business because I loved what I was doing. I loved doing the Jordan Harbinger show. I didn't need to be motivated because I was like, oh crap, I quit my law job and I got loans to pay off. Yeah. So people who are giving you that advice, just be careful. They often didn't follow that advice themselves mm. or they accidentally followed that advice. You know, because you know who we don't hear from? Guys who followed that advice and now they're on their mom's couch. Mm. We only hear from the guy who ended up with a successful product and bought a bunch of Instagram ads or YouTube ads mm -hmm. or is all over Twitter or whatever spouting this BS. Mm. You don't, this is called survivor bias. It's a cognitive bias where you only listen to advice of people who were successful. That's why when people say, follow your dreams, it's like, well, wait a minute. Mm. All right, that sounds good because you're Mark Cuban. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if yeah. Mark Cuban said that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so many people believe that follow your dreams, but where are where's the rest of them, Man. right? We're only hearing from those guys. They don't necessarily know that that's not good advice. Mm. Maybe they followed their dreams, but maybe they're one in 25,000. Maybe the other 24,999 <laughs> are broke as shit. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So like self-motivation. Self right? Be self-motivated. And it's not about getting up and taking a cold shower and doing <laughs> burpees. And drinking eggs <laughs> right. and bullery. Yeah, it's about getting yeah. excited about the problem that you're solving. It's about getting excited about the content and the value that you're bringing. So that's that's what the missing piece is. Yeah. For like for self-motivation, finding that problem that they that they need to solve right. and then actually, you know, like doing it at the exactly. same time. Like look at the majority of these online shysters, man. They're teaching people how to make money online or be an influencer or drop shipping or publish your ebook and publish your course and all that stuff that is a circle jerk. Mm. You know, there's plenty of people. What? Why are they doing that? Because that's the person who sold them a course on how to do that. That's how that person's making money so they can just copy the business model. Mm. They're not excited about that. They're excited about showing you how they went surfing on Tuesday. Yeah. That's what they're really excited about. Mm. They're excited about posting some crap on Instagram where they're working from the beach. I don't want to work from the beach. I want to hang out on the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to work from my office. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to work from the beach. Yeah. You know, so they're selling you this dream so that they can live the dream. And what you don't see is the fact that their bank account has nothing in it. Mm. Trust me, I know <laughs> I know these guys personally, yeah. a lot of these guys. Yeah. Some of them are good people. They just they're they're just making some mistakes. I know some people that I don't associate with that I did know personally, and I know that they're full of crap. Yeah. There's a lot, it, it's a lot of house of cards stuff going on, man. There's a lot of BS out there. And, and it's all built around this idea that you shouldn't have a job. You shouldn't have a career. You're too good for that. Only suckers have a nine to five. That is BS. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The most successful people I know started off with regular jobs, learned how to be professional, wow. work with other high performers. Then they got a great idea. They found other high integrity, high quality people to execute that idea with. And then they went and did that. Mm. They weren't trying to be, look at me on Instagram. They weren't trying to get other people's approval. They were trying to solve a problem. And that's the missing piece. Man, I, I absolutely love that because... I think we end the show. <laughs> yeah, drop the mic. <laughs> drop the mic. <laughs> Jesus, Lord. No, I absolutely love every single thing that you shared because I, it's just so unbelievably powerful because this is this is literally the counter-narrative of what's going on today. So yeah. many people yeah. who have all those followers, have all these reach, have all these yeah. attention, is perpetuating a message 
of what I think is like, it's like random exceptionalism, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the person saying who, the guy who played in the NFL, went to the Hall of Fame, yeah. going, to the, going to the summer camp with a thousand kids and saying, yeah. every one of you guys can be in the Hall of Fame just like yeah. me. You know, and what we're not seeing, like you said, is the mundane, everyday life of the majority of people mm -hmm. who walk that same exact path. Yep. They walk that same exact path, the same exact things that they did, and they receive extremely different results because there's so much nuance to life. You exactly. Know? Yeah. And, exactly. Um, and, and look, people who say things like follow your dreams, follow your passion, whatever, they're not all trying to deceive you, right? Mm -hmm. They just don't know what other advice to give mm -hmm. and they don't know what else sounds good. So if we talk with like, let's say, let's use Mark Cuban. Again, he didn't say any of the stuff that I'm doing. I'm just using him as a yeah. visible example. You're, you're Dallas Mavish. Let's say I'm not. <laughs> but let's, let's say that he said, follow your passion, follow your dreams. Yeah. He's, what he's not saying is, hey, so every night I worked my ass off and I fell asleep on the floor next to my sewing machine. Like, you can find him talking about that stuff. You can find Damon John saying, I fell on the, asleep on the floor of my sewing, next to my sewing machine, fixing up jeans and working on FUBU stuff. You can find him saying that. Mm. But what you can also find is his keynote where he's like, never give up. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Why? Mm. You should give up when ideas are bad and they're losing money and there's no hope for an upside. You should give up. So real quick, I'm sorry for cutting you off, Jordan. No, no but problem. On that note right yep. there, never yeah. giving up. So that's something that we talked to Gary about, this yeah. idea of the difference between perseverance and delusion. Yes. Right? So obviously, you understand, like we all understand that perseverance is important success. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you, you got to keep business, going. All that fight. Stuff. Mm -hmm. But then similar, like what you just said, there's a time and a place to give up. What do you think is the right way of understanding when you should continue and persevere when you're delusional and you need to give up? That's a tricky one. Okay. But I'll tell you, like, it, of course, it's case by case. But I, will, I would say if you are fighting an uphill battle generating demand for what it is you do, don't try to educate the market. So let's say like, the, and there's a couple little key points here, and I'm just going to go top of mind uh, off the cuff here. If you find that you've got like, let's say you're like, look, I've got a chair and this chair is more comfortable than other chairs. Okay, cool. So if you start to get that into stores and they're like, the world's most comfortable chair, great, cool. And if you hit a, a slump where it's like, look, these chairs are too expensive. You need to find a cheaper way to manufacture it. Maybe don't give up then, Got right? You. That makes maybe sense. you can fix that problem. Yeah. But if you're like, it's the world's most comfortable chair and then all the buyers from all the stores are like, I agree, it's comfortable, but we don't want this because we need to own the patent. Okay, maybe don't give up there because you mm. can solve that problem. You could sell the patent. Maybe you pivot, you sell the IP and the design mm -hmm. instead of trying to manufacture the chair. But if it's like, hey, this is the world's most comfortable chair and people are like, I don't like this. It's not that comfortable mm -hmm. and it's expensive. Why do you think it's comfortable? Oh, well, it's good because it does all this stuff and it feels uncomfortable, but after you sit in it for a year, you're used to it or two months or two weeks or even three days, you get used to it and then it's better for you. Mm. Eh, all right. <laughs> Maybe that's a problem you can solve, but maybe you're in a position where you've got to educate the market and convince everyone mm. that it's comfortable when it isn't. You might want to pivot. You might want to give up. And so I'm not saying in every case, but what I am saying is like, look, for me, when I started the Jordan Harbinger show, well, the first, the original, the old show, I didn't look at my numbers for like a year. Mm. And then even then when I started looking at them, I would look at my numbers every three or six months and I go, oh, okay, sort of a general upward trend, whatever. I wasn't fixated on that because I didn't want to get discouraged, but also because it didn't matter. I was still going to do the show Regardless. and the interviews no matter what. Yeah. 
And so if you are if you are not willing to do a podcast or YouTube channel, even if nobody's watching or nobody's listening, you're in the wrong game. Mm-hmm. Because if you're thinking, no, but secretly people are going to watch and listen to my stuff, then we're going to get this free stuff and we're going to get sponsors and it's going to be so great. If you believe that, but you har- and you harbor that secret belief, I would say maybe you're in it for the wrong game. But if you like going around, talking to people, creating conversations, teaching things to your audience like I do on the Jordan Harbinger show, then you can do it no matter what, even if no one's listening. And look, maybe you won't pay your team to edit it. Maybe you won't hire people to do stuff on your YouTube and all that stuff. Maybe you'll do it all yourself. That's fine then. Don't give up then because you like doing what you do. But if you hold delusions that this is going to make you famous, this is going to make you an online influencer, then you're going to dot, 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 Ferraris, Lambos, (laughs) you know, then I would say you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Mm. Because the people that give the best, most amount of value that are the most popular, Tim Ferriss, you look at Dan Carlin with Hardcore History, that's just a guy in his apartment with a recording booth studying history and creating something that fans love. And it's one of the most popular shows in the world. Mm. What I do... I'm, I'm either live in a studio or I'm doing it from home and I've got 4 million plus downloads every single month because people like what I create. It's not because, oh man, I'm making so much money selling bed sheets <laughs> yeah, on my yeah. show. Yeah. The sponsors come because the audience is there. Yeah. I'm not trying to force this down anyone's throat. You know, People share the stuff that I create. They listen to every episode. That's why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, That's why I'm doing this. So all these online influencers that just want attention, they want ego validation, these are not going to be entrepreneurs. These are people who are going to get sick of the grind mm-hmm. and move on to something else. And, and they should. something else that's yeah. going to try to make them quick money. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. No, that, and that's... That's good. I, love, I absolutely love that because there's this crazy obsession with fame, this crazy obsession with wealth. And it's all embedded in this pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, that, like, Shout out Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. But, Answer your emails, guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Jesus. <laughs> who's, uh, yeah, who's over there on the email? I, I know, I'm trying I know. to tell you guys. <laughs> don't, don't even open it. Yeah, Jesus Christ. But, um, but one of the things that I love so much about you is that you've talked to a lot of these hyper successful people with yourself being included. And one thing that, like, it's abundantly clear. We all know that fame and wealth is not the precursor of happiness you mm. know it's not it's not going to make you happy right and so it's so important that a lot of people i want our listeners the people listening in is to understand build a life of of happiness mm. and that may include no no worldly, worldly success. success it may yeah. include that no you, ferrari no wor- wor- kayak kayak hi hemming Kayaks are affordable. <laughs> so are hammocks. <laughs> but, you know, maybe maybe you are a teacher, you know, working a nine to five and then you have a, a, a small show and you get a hundred listeners or maybe 50 listeners, but you're enjoying it. You're, you're, you're doing yeah. what you love and that and that's success, you know. And yeah. so I just think it's so important that people really understand that and, they, and they're not so much trying to build <clears throat> businesses to get money because as you and I both know, First, it's unbelievably hard to make a million-dollar business, let alone a hundred-thousand-dollar business. Sure. Yeah. And then it's also if you're doing something that you hate, yeah, it's even harder. It's not worth it. Look, if I really cared about money and I stayed an attorney, I could be a partner at a law firm or damn close by now, mm-hmm. and I would be making 
Well, I'd probably be making the same thing I am right now, but, <laughs> yeah. but no, I would have, you know, <laughs> but like, I wouldn't have known that this was going to be successful. I yeah. had no idea this was actually going to be successful. Nobody predicted that podcasts were actually going to get popular. When mm -hmm. I started, there were zero, zero podcast sponsors. Nobody yeah. was doing shows, let alone continuing to sponsor them or paying for ads on there. I didn't get my first advertiser for seven years. Mm -hmm. I just did the show. And I was doing training courses and stuff like that. But I think my first couple of years, I worked in Manhattan. I made like 20, 25 grand a year. Mm. And I had the time of my life doing that. And then- Manhattan? Hey, where are you, where are you staying? I mean, where are you, are you staying in a closet? I, we all lived in the office. Oh. oh. 16 people in like a two bedroom. We all were spread out there like a sweatshop. It was- wow. Are you serious? Right? Yeah, it was like the worst. But well, I was 26. I didn't give a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I already yeah, gave yeah. a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, when somebody had a girl, it was like, Hey, everybody, we got to go outside. We're going to meet at the bar downstairs because Josh brought a girl back. We're all going to go back. We're going to have a couple of beers. We're going to be Or we'd be like, okay, new rule. You got to go to her place. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you have yeah. to go to her place. Yeah. Or we'd be like. Well, she stayed in the office the floor above. Yeah. yeah, it was just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just like we had, it was like a freaking dorm room yeah. with no beds in it. That's not like our house. Or not enough beds in it. It was just nasty. But. Then, you know, and we had the time of our lives doing that. And then we moved to California and it was like, all right, we're working, we're working, we're working, we're having fun, but we're not making any money. We're not saving for retirement. We're spending everything that we have just to try to stay afloat, you know, all kinds of stuff that was going on there. And then finally we started making a bunch of money and it was awesome. And mm -hmm. we didn't see it coming and our yeah. business started to turn up, even though we did everything wrong. You know, we were doing, we were making money. I was making a whole lot of dough. I bought a house and then I left my old company and it was supposed to be an amicable split. It wasn't. It right. was all toxic. But I'm so much happier being away from my old company. All mm. these toxic people. Well, not all these. One specific toxic person that I used to work with. Guys still using my last name to try to pretend he's related to me or whatever whoa, reason. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, yeah. Crazy town. That does, mm. that's, yeah, that's and, beyond crazy town. And I had wow. to start over from scratch in 2018 in the beginning of this year. Wow. And I built my show back up to 4 million downloads a month because I built trust I didn't screw over my listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't screw over my customers. Everyone followed me over. My team followed me over from wow. the old company. The sponsors followed me over to the new show. My network re-signed me within a week. Mm. Like this was, this was the result of having built a network, yeah. of having built goodwill. And that's why your relationships and your reputation are the best thing that you could possibly cultivate. Yeah. It's not just important. It's the best thing that you have. It is the only thing that you, that follows you even after you die. Mm. Does that make sense? It's the only thing you, the only thing you take with you, and I just thought of this, so it might be a hole in this logic. <laughs> the only thing you take with you is your reputation, right? What do people say? Like, he was so rich. No, they don't say that shit. Yeah. Yeah. They say, wow, he was great. And he always put other people first and he was a great person. And he provided a lot of value. They don't say he had so many Instagram followers, right? Yeah. None of that stuff is important. And when I had to restart my business from scratch earlier in, in 2018, I called all these people who I had helped in the past, hundreds of people. And I said, mm. look, here's what happened. I had hundreds of people working for me, working with me yeah. to rebuild. And the reason they did that was because I had at some point in the past helped them with something and I never expected anything in return. Wow. So they got their chance to help me. They jumped at that chance. Yeah. Nobody, I didn't have anybody who was like, good, Jordan's gotten screwed. It's about time. I had people coming out of the woodwork that I didn't even know saying, hey, you know, your show got me through a hard time. 
Your show got me a raise at my new job. Your show got me through a breakup, all that stuff. And they said, I'm sharing it with friends or I'm, I'm sending you a gift basket full of food you can share mm-hmm. with your family or I'm sending you this gadget that I think is going to help or I'm going to consult for you for free on how to set up your camera. Like all this stuff I had as goodwill follow me over. Mm. And that's why we were able to build a seven-figure business in 10 months, not even mm. 10 <laughs> months because it followed me over from the old company. Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> man. I mean, your legacy is powerful. Yeah, and it's, I mean, and it's not and, even over. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's it's this is like, the beginning for yeah, me. I yeah. just started over this yeah. this year. This is November. I, yeah. I had to think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I started over in February. Jeez. All right. Yeah. So like, this is the beginning of a trajectory. Yeah. And I'm in the middle of lawsuit stuff, getting yeah. rid of the old business partners that I had who are trying to stop me from doing the new show. Like I'm cutting, I got anchors I'm cutting down. Mm. I'm just getting started, but it's not because I'm so smart. It's not because Mm. I spent so much money on lead generation. It's not because I had an email list or social media accounts. I had to start all those from zero. People were, the people came looking for us because my, what my team and I created with the Jordan Harbinger show, like, don't be fooled. The show's named after me but I'm not the one who does all the work. It's me, my wife, my producer, Jason, my associate producer, Bob. I got tons of people helping me out. These are, this team has worked their butts off seven day and night, weekend, holiday, doesn't matter to create something that the fans love because we are passionate about this. The interviews we produce, the worksheets we produce, the knowledge we drop on the show is the best that we could possibly get. And Mm. it's, we do it because we care. That's why this show is still free. You can't buy something from me even if you want to mm. at this how, point. How do you still manage all that? Like you manage all the stuff that's going on in your personal life, business life, but uh, yeah, you still yeah. put your uh, your listeners first. Good question. You know, people always ask me that or some variation of that. How do I manage to manage my personal life and my business and put my listeners first? It actually is kind of therapeutic for me gotcha. to put my listeners first because if I just focus on all the crap that's going that is going haywire, like, oh man, you know, I got to work on this lawsuit or, oh man, I got to work on this business partner issue. Oh man, I got this product that I got to create and this thing broke or like, oh, my website is down. I would go insane. Mm -hmm. But if I'm like, let me answer my email and make sure I'm helping this person or let me make sure that this podcast interview that I'm doing with this, uh, you know, Freeway Ricky Ross or something like that is like Mm -hmm. the best that I can create for the listeners that's what I love doing so I can focus on that and I don't have to go insane because that is the reward. That's what's, that's what's powerful for me is, look, at the end of the day, all of this temporary BS doesn't matter. I'm creating a piece of, and I'll say art, but really mm-hmm. it's an interview that's going to go out to the world and people are going to watch or listen to this and be like, wow, this interview with Freeway Rick Ross or Dr. Drew or General McChrystal or Shaquille O'Neal or whatever is so good. I learned so much that's what makes it worth it. Mm. You know, having a website that has bells and whistles on it, I don't care. Having cool influencer, getting a lot of likes on Instagram, I could not care less. Mm -hmm. I just want people to get value out of the show. And that's why the show is good. It's not good because I want to make money. It's good because I want people to love it and I want them to love it so that I feel good about what we're creating. The sponsors and all those people selling pillows and stuff on the show, that's great. That's fine. That keeps the lights on. But, I don't need to have, I don't need a big stage where I'm, you know, talking about how great I am. I don't care about that. It's yeah. all for the listener. And that's what's keeping me sane. Shout out. Shout out to the lady that just opened the door. Find my wife. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was oh Jen. my yeah. gosh, she should have came in. <laughs> she can. Tell her to come in. 
Okay, we'll get there. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but Jordan, you know, we, we want to be real respectful of your time. We know that, you know, you got a busy schedule. We're really, really, man, thankful just for you just coming here and just blessing the man. the audience, blessing us. Please, My goodness yeah. gracious, but there's yeah. so much gems. And I just think, I what I love, I'm just so inspired right now and not inspired like in that charlatan kind of way, uh -huh. but like, of course. I love seeing people who do what I want to do in life yeah. because it shows me that like, God has really placed some amazing people out there and that it's definitely possible. And yeah. I'm just I'm just super thankful for your life. I'm super thankful, you know, for you being able to rebuild what you what you built right now. Yeah. And 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 I see it, you know, yeah. like when you really care, you win. Yeah. When you really care, mm -hmm. you win. Mm -hmm. Um, and so in closing, for somebody right now who's who's wanting to build a business they're wanting to build let's say a podcast or a radio show or a tv show and struggling they're not very successful they they feel as though you know they would like to make a living off it because they mm -hmm. want to help people but they're kind of not experiencing any tangible results what would be something that you would like to say to them i would say it's a long game so don't worry about not having remember i got it was seven years before i got a first advertiser i remember on my seven year anniversary i interviewed robert green for the first time on the old show and I remember after that, he was like, oh, you're pretty good at this. And I was like, I'm starting to feel like I'm getting the hang of this interview <laughs> yeah, thing yeah, yeah. after seven years, man. Yeah. And I just did probably what's going to be our, I mean, it's, we're going to be on year 12 next month. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I'm, I don't know if I'm going to do a 12 year anniversary episode. I'm probably going to be chilling because I yeah. need a break. Yeah, yeah, My yeah, wife's yeah. going to make me take a break. But <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you every year I'm like, oh, I got so much better at interviewing this year. Mm. Fine. Oh, I'm getting better at doing the show. I'm getting better at hosting. It's a long game. It's a skill set. And for those of you out there who are like, man, it feels like I'm rolling a boulder uphill. I need help. Mm. You need to build your network and your relationships. And so some simple ways to do that are, first of all, every day in the morning, open up your text messages on your phone, scroll all the way down to the bottom. Those are the people that you haven't texted in like three years. They're the people yeah. you had lunch with at a conference and you never kept in touch with. They're an old friend that hit you up once and, or something like that. Re-engage those people. I, I text five people, four to five people per day, every day from the bottom of my text messages because those are those old messages. And I say something like, you know, hey man, it's, hey Jim, it's been a long time since we had lunch at Whatever. such and such cafe yeah. in San Diego. And I, so I use their name so they don't think it's a mass text. I tell them where we met, if I remember. And I say, what's the latest with you? For me, I'm doing whatever. One sentence about what I'm doing. And then you say, no rush on the reply. I realize everyone's busy, but I'm looking forward to hearing from you. And then you sign your name. And so the reason you do that is so they don't have new phone who dis. Right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And also they don't think you're trying to like send this to a mass amount of people. Yeah. The other thing, and the other thing is you say no rush on the reply because when people haven't heard from you in a long time, they're thinking, is Why he going to be here? selling me yeah. Herbalife? Is this some Scientology <laughs> stuff? Like, what's going Coffee on? Coffee and Scientology. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. So, so you want to make sure that you get rid of that. And the way, because people who are trying to sell you something, they build urgency. They go, mm. this is an unbelievable opportunity. Or get me back to me as soon as you can. I'm, I'm in a rush doing this. I'm all excited. Yeah. If you're just like, no rush on the reply. It's been two years. What's two more days? You know, yeah, like yeah. everybody's busy. You'll get a much bit better response rate. I've tested this. I had spreadsheets. I was running... Um, I got about a 70% response rate. I started with like a 40% response rate. Mm -hmm. Not everyone's going to reply, but every, every day I do this. So I'm re-engaging 20, 25 people per week. Mm -hmm. Out of those 25 people, maybe one or zero people will come back with some sort of opportunity. But usually it's great. It's a great opportunity. It's like, hey, Jordan, man, it's been so long. It's so funny. You just texted me. 
I'm about to walk into a meeting and we're picking keynote speakers for our annual sales retreat. Do you do speaking still? Yes, I do. (laughs) Now I'm getting opportunities like that. Or they're like, hey, Jordan, funny you should send me a message. I was just going to email you. Sure you were. uh, (laughs) Because I'm doing work for um, this for Mark Cuban, let's just wreck his name. Yeah, yeah. Wreck his name. <laughs> I've been, I've been yeah. flexing and that name all day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, I'm working for Mark Cuban and I was looking at something and maybe you want to get him on your show. And it's rare, but one out of one out of 25 opportunity or text turns into an opportunity. That's a low ratio. But what was I going to do with that time? Stand in line at Starbucks, yeah. check my Instagram, uh, fart around looking at spam folder, mm, spam. you know, te- text my wife. Hey, what are you doing? Like <laughs> nothing productive was going to come in that time. This yeah. takes four or five minutes a day. So every day I'm challenging your, your, your fam here, your other roommates, Shout them out. Right? Shout them out. go every day around nine, 10 AM your time go or if you're on the East coast, do it at like noon. Cause you don't want to get people before they wake up and they're like, F this guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Go in there, scroll all the way to the bottom of your texts, send those texts. And if you need that script, uh, I have it on my website, actually. I'll, I'll sh- share people where to go for that. Oh, sure. But I've got tons of little drills like this. And these relationship building drills and exercises, this is the difference between somebody who crushes it and is really successful and has a great network of f- friends and people and people who just whine about how other people get all the advantages, other people get attention. all the opportunities. Mm-hmm. So if people want to, I, I made a video about that drill and a few others. It's at uh, jordanharbinger.com slash level one. And it's a, like, I hate saying free course, but essentially it's a bunch of videos. And the, my promise to you is when you sign up for that, I'm not going to try to sell you some shit afterwards. It's yeah. just the videos. It it gives you these little drills. And it if you practice these in a few minutes a day, this is going to change your business if you have one, your professional life, your personal life, because it's all about creating and maintaining ties. And most of us are pretty damn lazy about that, even if we think we're good networkers. Yep. Mm. Man, that was a long answer, <laughs> but it was nah, amazing. Nah, I was with, I'm with you. So, so um, for people who want to reach out to you, you, can, yeah, you can come, come on in, come on in, please, please. Hey, it's a family. <laughs> but so for the people that want to reach out to you, where is a good place they can reach out to you? Sure, I actually answer my emails. Oh, so first of all, I'm on, <laughs> I'm on social media at Jordan Harbinger. So Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Yeah, at Jordan Harbinger. Also, if you email me, Jordan at jordanharbinger.com, I can't say I'll get back to you within a week or two, but I will answer the email. And so, and I'm keen to hear from people and look, you're listening to a podcast, check out the Jordan Harbinger show. That's where my interviews are. I'm on YouTube as well with some of that stuff. Like I said, so I would love to hear from other roommates and see who's who's out there. And you know, like, pardon me for being all like, come on, go ahead. Tiger Woodsy, but (laughs) I would say, I would say that like, Look, it is not lost on me that you you guys are not uh, Caucasian. So, <laughs> but I'm telling you, like, I love the, the I love what's happening now in the entrepreneur space, where there are guys that don't just look like me that are doing stuff that's successful. Because I feel like media, social media, whatever influencer land, has largely been a bunch of just white dudes mm-hmm. and techie white dudes. And I feel like it's cool. The one thing that tech has done is democratize the ability to reach an audience. So when I saw that you guys were doing something, I was like, this is different and cool. Same with Brilliant Idiots is it's like, it's not just like two dudes in a basement talking about baseball. Like it's better, it's more unique. And there are voices out there that are not heard as much. And you guys obviously know that. And Mm -hmm. that's, I think it's cool. And it's an honor to speak to an audience like that too, because you guys have probably noticed there's a divide. It's like, 
oh, you guys are people of color? Must be talking about hip hop. Yeah, it's like, yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'm not real. talking about Little Wayne right and, now. And, yeah, <laughs> and it's real. like, I'm, I'm in the scene. I'm not just talking about apps or whatever, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. we need to realize that, like, this divide that we have among media influencers, it doesn't have to just look like every other corporate circle where. It's a yeah. bunch of old white dudes with gray hair talking on on Instagram. Like I like I like the fact that there's other audiences out there, mm -hmm. and I like the fact that the Jordan Harbinger show has a diverse audience. It's something yeah. that we're really proud of That's awesome. because yeah. what that means is we're not alienating people just because you know we grew up in the suburbs, yes, you know, yeah, or something yeah. like that. It means yeah. we have people who are resonating with our message that look like that don't look anything like me, yeah. and mm -hmm. I, that is something to be proud of. And I think you guys have that too. So. Pat yourselves on the back, but probably not on camera. <laughs> Too late. We're getting Too late. <laughs> yes, sir, no, yes, Jordan, man, you are super amazing. Yeah, man. Listen, everybody, roommates, you know how we get down. Yes, the biggest do. thing about our show is that people love when we when you guys reach out to the people who come on our show, let them know what about this show stood out to you. Yep. What about this show blessed your life and just how excited you are about this person. So please, guys, be sure to reach out to Jordan. Please, please, please make sure you subscribe to his show, the Jordan yep. Harbinger Show. Um, iTunes, all that good stuff. He's everywhere, guys. Make sure you check him out. I'm really excited to hear back from Jordan when he tells me how many people reached out to yes, him. Yes, please. Right. Because, man, yeah. just all these, like, I'm going to listen back to this tonight. I know you are. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's so much stuff. No, it was good, amazing, man. It was man. way just, too much. Thank Jordan, you. thank you so yeah. much. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. And thanks for coming out and meeting me here on the West Coast. I hope you have a great rest of your trip. Oh, oh yeah. Definitely. We about to act a fool. <laughs> so, yeah. I saw Go ahead and wrap it up. So at the start of the beginning of the podcast, your boy Hafiz. Chris is on the show, baby. And we're joined by Jordan Harbinger. There we go. <laughs> and we are the roommates, guys. Make sure you hit up Jordan, send him a message, guys. Let him know what about the podcast stood out to you guys. Thank you so much for your support and all the love. We love you. We are the roommates. And Chris. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Now I can't do it. Uh, and Chris. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't do it now. Hold on. I still can't do it. We're out. <laughs> <laughs>